Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective. It's Christmas Day. That's right. The day we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Uh, There's a lot of argument on which day he was actually born. Maybe it wasn't December 25th, but we have marked that day and we celebrate it today. We should celebrate his birth and his uh, wisdom and his story daily. And we're going to go ahead and jump into some inspiration. We want to thank Emily for being with us this week, standing in for Shannon, who's caring for our elders at this time. And so go ahead, jump into the inspiration there, Emily. Our inspiration today is the Christmas star. If you find that star, you can always find your way home. Those were my father's words when he taught me how to locate the North Star as a child. Dad had served in the armed forces during wartime, and there were moments when his life depended on being able to navigate by the night sky. So he made sure I knew the names and locations of several constellations, but it was being able to find Polaris that mattered most of all. Knowing that star's location meant I could gain a sense of direction wherever I was and find where I was supposed to be. Scripture tells of another star of vital importance. Magi from the east, learned men from an area encompassed by Iran and Iraq today, had been watching for signs in the sky of the birth of the one who was to be God's king for his people. They came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Astronomers don't know what caused the star of Bethlehem to appear, but the Bible reveals that God created it to point the world to Jesus, the bright morning star. Christ came to save us from our sins and guide us back to God. Follow him and you'll find your way home. Dear Jesus, thank you for being the way to our forever home in heaven. Please help guide us by your light today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through him. Amen. And it's been tradition in our family that uh, my mom's always broken out the Bible and read from the different scriptures of Jesus' birth. That's why we're celebrating the day. It's not because of all of the garland and Christmas lights. And well, can you say Christmas lights or is it Xmas? Because it's winter break for the school kids. But um, <laughs> obviously there's some scriptures that go along with that. Let's look at a couple of those. So we'll start with Luke. Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7 says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken to the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinerius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So this is out of Luke? That is out of Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7. And then the other scripture is from Matthew 2, 1 through 5, and 7 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? 
We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Come, they told me, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum, our newborn king to see, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum, our finest gifts we bring, pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. To lay before the king, pa rum pa pum pum, rum pa pum pum, rum pa pum pum. So to honor him, pa rum pa pum pum, when we come. Okay, so we're a talk show, uh, but I I understand that these stories you just want to jump into song the christmas carols i I can't i'm trying to think of other christmas carols well you know you gotta what child is this who lay to rest on mary's lap asleep so we don't do a whole lot wrong so we don't do a whole lot of singing (laughs) on the show and the reason is i don't have the talent that you do to sing of course but obviously the Christmas carols and and the Christmas stories why we celebrate this holiday. We're not celebrating it because it's the uh, biggest holiday for retailers. And obviously we all get together and have a feast and food and celebrate Jesus's birth. And just around the corner in the spring, we celebrate his death and resurrection. And the purpose of the child is to resurrect us now and interestingly enough there's a, a, a lot of scripture wrapped around the birth of Jesus even in the old testament in isaiah it was prophesied in chapter 9 verse 6 it says for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father and prince of peace that's a profound verse as well and it the part that kind of jumps out as far as what we do on this show, mostly, you know, talk about politics and government and policy is the government will rest on his shoulders. And, and maybe that's just preliminary forgiveness through the scriptures that we pay taxes to corrupt governments that fund things that aren't just against our religion, but are against our, our biological health, right? Against our God given rights. Uh, And we're funding things today that obviously disturb a lot of us some actually have a little bit of money left over after paying the taxes for all those horrendous things that they can buy gifts for family members but that's not what it's about it's not how big the ham is and how big the uh, 
piles of presents under the tree is. It's really about the the birth of Jesus and our ability as Christians to to share that story and to share the gift and ability to have redemption through Jesus Christ. So it, it is really interesting to me about uh, the government will rest on his shoulders. I'd almost like to maybe this Christmas season look into what that all entails. Well, because our government right now runs by the world. It runs by itself through the culture instead of running by biblical standards that Jesus set. Or, or even common words. sense or instinct or, you know, it's not just the Ten Commandments, but instinct of right and wrong. It, it, our governments are so out far the, uh, outside the bounds of what we would recognize as reality and science and, and even secular things. And so it's, it's interesting that the government will rest on his shoulders. So that's a burden that we obviously are being forgiven for what our government is doing. And I guess when he died on the cross, that was the other thing that we're going to be celebrating in this spring. And I, I guess these holidays might change because, uh, you know, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And maybe that's what our public testimony can be when they get rid of Christmas. You know, you got rid of Columbus Day. Probably Thanksgiving is next because that's just for the <laughs> for the colonizers. And they'll want to get rid of Christmas, too, because they're going to say it's a religious holiday. And, and no, I mean, the government schools already, they call it winter break. You're not allowed to, to bring up things that have, you know, religious connotations in the public square or at your work, maybe even. And that is true. Whenever you bring up Jesus's name, you are the outcast of the group. You are belittled because nobody likes Jesus. But Jesus told that within his word that if you speak of me, people won't like you because they don't like me. And that is where we become in his word. We are not conformed to this world, that we are set apart. And that's exactly what Jesus did when he was born. He was set apart to do a specific job and part of that was the governance that we're supposed to follow. Well, and I think that it, the, the problem the world has with the faithful, with people that are religious, that believe in the scriptures, even like looking at what's going on uh, right now or has been going on down in the Middle East, they can't tolerate the existence of Jews, even though Muslim faiths have large territories and huge populations they can't stand the little sliver that is there for the Jews, even though the Jewish religion looks mostly at the Old Testament, the Torah, mm -hmm. right? And they, the next group that they're not going to tolerate is the Christians either. And the world is really culminating around this anti-Christ, which would end up being anti-Christmas mm -hmm. sentiment because the world doesn't want to be held accountable because the, the cool thing about rights is that they come with responsibilities. And so your First Amendment, Second Amendment, your all the other, you know, we've got to look at it as we have these rights, but they come with responsibilities. And like our Constitution was written for a moral people and people that want to focus on the profits of immorality, the profits of secularism, don't want to recognize the true meaning of Christmas because if we've really focused on the true meaning of Christmas, that doesn't mean buying a whole lot of junk from China that lights up when you plug it in or that when you hit the remote, the batteries send power to whatever noisemaker you got, you know? So 
when Jesus was born, he became that power. And so we can't reallocate that power. That power is only lies within Jesus Christ, which began when he, of course, was birthed from the Virgin Mary. Yes, and holiday commerce has a lot of power in our government, but it is not the reason for the season. But we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back. So, folks, don't go anywhere unless it's back to the table for more Christmas snacks. We'll be right back. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. You know, whether we have a lot of snow or not, Right Spokane Perspective wants to wish you and yours a Merry Christmas with these words that Shannon has for you. All the Christmas presents in the world are worth nothing without the presence of Christ. David Jeremiah. Thanks again from Right Spokane Perspective, and thank you, listeners who have supported us to keep us on the air by going to rightspokaneperspective.com and donating or by sending those donations to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, PO Box 7620-99207. Have a Merry Christmas. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this Christmas Day episode. I have Emily in studio with us again, helping us out in the celebration for Christmas Day as Shannon is away caring for our elders. And, uh, you know, this Christmas season that we're living in, you know, it, it is amazing to me that so many entities in our government want to deny the existence of Christ, the existence of a Savior I remember years ago, we had a state representative that really loved Christmas. And in our state capital here in Washington state, they had taken out all of the celebratory uh, symbols of Christmas. And he, I think repeatedly, it wasn't just one time, he repeatedly brought forward bills that the legislature reintroduced, like the Christmas creche in, in the Capitol building. And that was Representative John Ahern. And he um, has since passed, but he did God's work in re- making people recognize that whether the leaders of our state wanted to or not, just in their disdain for the bills, him reintroducing those bills about the Christmas crash and, and having those Christmas celebrations reintegrated into our state capitol, their protest of it just proved our Savior's existence even more. Yes, this representative really knew the Christmas spirit. Speaking of Christmas spirit, you gotta have some songs. I know this is talk radio, but you gotta have some jolly go telling on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go telling on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. I guess that's that's kind of what John Aaron did, I guess. He did go tell it on the mountain, on the Mount of Capitol Hill, where, you know. He wanted everyone to recognize that Jesus Christ was born. Well, that wasn't the only hill. Back in Luke 2, 15 through 20, it says that when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So in this part, they were also on that hill hearing the angels speak to them about Jesus's birth. Man, hills must be a really good indicator of something good happening. Well, there's there's so many ways, too, that we can share our faith and and. The Christmas story. I mean, I, I remember getting asked if I was born in a barn, and that's a great opportunity to say, well, no, but my Savior was. In the middle of a manger, little manger that animals ate out of and slobbered in, and the most ungraceful place that no one would want to have their child born. He was born in the lowliest place. However, he was lifted high above everything. Well, and he spent his life actually traveling with some of what was considered at the time the lowliest people. He himself, a carpenter, a laborer, didn't go to university to learn socialism. He actually went around teaching people about peace and how to not be divided. It's really interesting too, the the condition of the world, the more that we've taken the Bible and God out of our institutions and and demonized this idea of having a savior in our cultures, especially in the West, you know, and here in the United States, we struggle with our purpose for reality. Unfortunately, the drug use and suicide rates and, and we have, we struggle for that meaning when we already had it. Well, going back, even Jesus. So Jesus even confronted the religious people and the government at that time, he turned tables because they were money lying. They were lying. They were robbing people of their money and they were doing wrong things within the temple of God. And Jesus told them the truth and set them straight. Yeah, it's, it's something that was very profound at the time. It's amazing that he wasn't killed prior to his crucifixion. He was unafraid to challenge the corrupt. He was unafraid to challenge those who were doing evil to his followers. He was fearless. Maybe that's why the Bible has do not fear so many times in the Exactly, scriptures. 365 times, which is a daily reminder to never fear because God has your back. And if you do his will, which some of it is changing the government, because if the government isn't for God, it is not of God, so you must change it to be for well, God. Every time in history where we see the government denies the existence of Christ, persecution, and not just of Christians. Persecution of, of anybody. In history, yeah, there was genocides and persecution of of people, even the people that helped the, the wicked gain power. Sometimes they were the first to be executed because they also wanted power. And having power over people obviously corrupts, and they say absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? So I think too many times we fear people's opinions of us or maybe our stature in our careers or our life if we correct the world in front of us and say, nah, wait a minute, I, I don't think that's right to do. And we need to do that more and more. We've got a legislative session that's going to be coming up here in Washington State just in the next couple of weeks where our lawmakers need to hear from us, that we need to remind them that we're Christians. This was a Judeo-Christian country until I guess it was a couple presidents ago announced that it was no longer a Judeo-Christian country, but it they they can't take away that constitution and the traditions in this land that are based on those Judeo-Christian values. They can write things into law, but those things can be nullified. And we should ask all of our legislators to 
do the right thing and to quit the money changers, to turn over the tables in our governments, whether it's at the local level or the state level, because there's massive amounts of taxation and monies coming in that will just further corrupt God's people, that will further corrupt, that will use the dollars that we provide to that government that is on Jesus's shoulders, according to Isaiah's in the prophecy of, of Christ, that these monies should not be used, whether the government's on Christ's shoulders or not, we should be standing up for our Savior's intent of having people come to him for salvation, to understand grace, to understand forgiveness, and use our tax dollars not for wicked and evil ways, but for ways that serve and help God's people. And in that, it's just, again not being fearful and to actually stand up and do what Jesus did. Jesus went out every day through his ministry all the way up from when he was a child. He surprised people within the temple because he was able to just quote scripture. And as as Christians, we really need to get and dive into our word and be able to spread it like a wildfire as people are awakening and seeing the things going on within this world. And just to speak Christ and to be outwardly courageous like no other courageous no one's ever seen to just preach his word well, and in, in this, our time. And in this season of gift giving, we think about gift giving as in presents or, or physical things that cost money that you've found on an in capita store. But really, we are all provided gifts by our creator. We all have gifts, whether it's writing a book or giving a sermon or serving those that are less fortunate in doing outreach. And and maybe it's helping an organization do their accounting. Maybe it's mathematicians that can help us straighten out government and the way they spend their money. We all have certain gifts, and we can use those gifts uh, for his glory. And, and also understanding that our purpose here in recognizing Jesus' birth on Christmas Day here, it's not just telling people about Christ and Jesus, but it's also letting them know that they have gifts that they can use for his glory and, and spread righteousness. So it's not just Jesus came to spread the truth. And that was an interesting aspect of, of the Bible that jumped out to me at one point in time where Jesus didn't just come here to forgive us of our sins so that we didn't have to die and go to hell and all that. He came to be the truth and the light and to seek and to save the lost. That's right. So in evangelizing, we want to seek and save the lost, but we also need to evangelize to our government that it is creating more lost and we have salvation that people don't have to be lost, but we also have great resources and gifts, not just people's gifts, but also that we're blessed and having such enormous resources that people don't have to go hungry We don't have to fund things that are evil that create problems for people down the road that we should be seeking what is right for people. Well, and also I think we should be seeking out realities long-term for our culture and society that don't take them down paths that are unhealthy and wicked. So I guess, Emily, that Isaiah portion that the government will be on his shoulders I was thinking earlier, maybe we'll we'll be forgiven for the taxes that we paid that have spread wickedness. But now that the tax and spin politicians have found such great ways to increase their revenues, maybe it's our job, again, to, to evangelize to our leaders to become active in our government that is resting on 
Jesus's shoulders that those resources be spent for the good of, of our fellow man, of our fellow citizenry, of the women and children, of, as Jesus said, bring the children unto me. And it's our job to take care mm-hmm. of the children and the widows, the orphans and the widows. And more of our resources should be placed there than on radical climate change agendas or radical agendas having to do with sexual immorality and and we can evangelize as Christians. How many Christians reach out to the legislature? We fund all kinds of organizations with our tax dollars and and rich global elites spend lots of money funding organizations to lobby our legislature. How many of us Christians in this next legislative cycle that's starting in a couple of weeks are going to reach out and evangelize to our legislature about how they could be doing good with all those resources instead of spreading things that are evil? And also remembering, expanding on the Isaiah 9, 6, if we look at verse 7, it says, of, great, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. So if we follow his governance that he has laid out within the word, that there will be peace until the end. There is no end to the Lord's peace. And so if we follow his governance, it will all flow smoothly. Yeah, that's right, because the biblical law that was laid out for us from the beginning and then, of course, with the, with the birth of Jesus and the forgiveness for when we didn't follow those laws, those laws were set out not as an authoritarian purpose, but a set of laws that guided us down a, a path of freedom from natural consequences of success and, and personal well-being and the well-being of, of the people and communities and families around us. So it's Christmas we got to celebrate Christ's birth. I guess we went a little further down the road all the way to his crucifixion, but we'll be talking about that again. We got to make sure that the government doesn't get rid of those holidays either. So celebrate Christmas while we have it. All that being said, we're out of here. We'll be with you again tomorrow. Remember, the reason for this season is Jesus Christ. Have a good evening. Bye-bye.
You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.